Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 44 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Before I introduce my lovely jubbly guest, um, I'm just going <laughs> to... What is it? Because I said lo- lovely jubbly. Lovely jubbly, yeah. I do love... I would, I would, that's probably the least descriptive word for me in the world. <laughs> at, at work today, I used the term jiggery-pokery and everyone looked at me like, what in the blue fuck are you saying? Anyway, <laughs> before I introduce the dulcet tones you just heard, I've got a cough. I thought I'd tell you about it beforehand, just so that if I start going <laughs> in the background, you don't just think I'm like, I don't know, being sick or something. Like I'm ill. And I blame Lee Grice and I'm going to shake my fist at him because when we recorded the last episode, he says to me afterwards, oh, you're always usually sick when we record. It's nice to get you, you know, all healthy and that. And I've been sick ever fucking since. So you thanks for that, you bastard. I mean, I love you, but you're a bastard. But anyway... Joining me this episode in this virtual parlour where all the all the cakes definitely are, they, they definitely are, uh, is a dude, what is no stranger to podcasting, and he's a big fat nerd like me. Well, actually, I don't know about the fat. <laughs> I don't, I've never seen you, so you might not, you might be like super lean. I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's stop being offensive. Uh, he's uh, the incredibly handsome. Oh, I don't know. That I am. <laughs> Oliver Thomas, Hello. Hello, good doing evening. Doing a wave. How are you doing? I'm very, very well, and thank you for inviting me into your gorgeous parlour. That's all right. Don't, uh, you know, like throw up on the drapes or anything, because they're I'll expensive. I'll try my best. You know, because sometimes you eat a lot of cake and then bad things... I'm already on my fifth slice. Do you want to hear um, a story that's... It's not to do with sick, don't worry, but it's 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 a story about bad ideas. I um, love bad ideas. <laughs> have you ever heard of a thing called a power hour? I have to say that really enunciatedly, because at work I asked people today, have you ever heard of a power hour? And they were like, what's a power hour? And a power hour. Power. I've never heard of a power hour. Power. Well, essentially what it is, is you do a shot of beer every minute for an hour, and it doesn't it doesn't sound like a lot. But my hubby and his mate were like, yeah, let's do this thing. And I was like, well, I don't like beer. So what I'll do instead is every couple of minutes, this wasn't very scientific, every couple of minutes I'll do a shot of cider. And then because I'm not drinking as much as you guys, like at the 15, 30, 45 and 60 minute mark, I'll just do a double Sambuca. Why not? Don't, guys. Don't. It's a bad idea. I mean, Sambuca's wonderful and is very rarely a bad idea. But when you get to a point where it's like not even 10 o'clock yet and two people are asleep on the floor and the other one is trying to watch a scary movie but can't focus on the TV, I think 
I think you've run into trouble. <laughs> this sounds like the best idea in the world. Um, I think I think the second power hour was what was what broke us. Ah. Uh. Mm, because we got to the end of the first one and we were all sort of like, yeah, I'm a little bit buzzed, but it's hardly a challenge. It's Fuck fine. it. Let's just let me <laughs> do it again. Anyway, let's talk about you because I'm being really rude. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> so you are on a podcast called I The am. Trash Compactor. Yes, for my sins want- I am. <laughs> do you want to tell people about it? I can tell people. Uh, the Trash Compactor was started by myself. I, although I'm not the host, I am the co-host. Our beautiful host, Robert Smart, who obviously isn't right next to me right now. We also have one celebrity, Christian Wild Goose, who's famous for doing a few comics, um, Briar oh, and Porcelain. Porcelain is his big one, the one that I really like, which I have read now, I can promise him. And we also have two other guys who kind of guest star with us, a good friend of mine, Tristan Whitehead, who's a big, big, big Star Wars, the biggest Star Wars nerd you'll ever see. And uh, our very sleepy friend, Jamie Field, who he could actually be right next to me right now asleep, but he's not. <laughs> I, I envision him curled up near your lap like a cat. He pr- replaced cat with dog, and you pretty much got him. Okay. But yeah, we just um, we get together every now and then, chat the breeze about whatever's in pop culture and geek and anything Star Wars related, and we challenge each other with really stupid challenges and slag each other off. Really, it's great. <laughs> I like your stupid challenges. If that helps, they make me laugh. I think we all like them, apart from no. We, uh, Rob likes them. We're always kind of like, oh, now we've got to do something. <laughs> Some of them are really easy that like people who haven't listened to this won't have a fucking clue what we're talking about. But I like mystery. Haha. <laughs> so I'm not going to explain it. Um because <laughs> I'm also a bully. No, I I enjoy your podcast and I enjoy uh uh yourself and Chris. I'm terrible, but I haven't read Porcelain either. <gasps> Is it going to give me a slap? Well, he did actually slap me when I said I well I Tell tell a lie. I hadn't actually read anything of Chris, and I had a very very strong habit of going up to him with everything he'd ever written. So like, please sign it for me. <laughs> and then he found out after he got him, I got him to sign the um. He did something for DC, I think it was the uh, the yellow quarterly one. Yeah, I just know it's a yellow quarterly thing. I don't even know if that's the real title, but I got him to sign it for him. Me and he drew a lotus in the front. He said, "Like, do you get the reference?" And I said, "Yep." <laughs> you kind of clock that I've never. I just never. I, it's the greatest sin of mine that I never. I just like to keep them nice and clean because mm. I'm a weird, a weird freak like that. Not to bring it all to Rick and Morty immediately, but um, you saying that about getting the reference is like I'm super gullible, and I am one of these people who will like laugh at a joke even though she doesn't get it. And uh, and it always reminds me of the first episode of Series Two of Rick and Morty where he just makes something up and the kids laugh, and he's like, "Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's me!" Like a hundred percent of the time. Um, oh, Rick and Morty is so good. I'm <sighs> to my sins. I haven't actually finished watching the entire of the uh, second season yet. I'm up to I was. Up to purging the purging ones, the, the next episode on my list, but I'm completely fine. I do know what happens at the end. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about it straight away because I'm, it might put me in a in a sour mood for the rest of the show. It might set you off. It might. I, I did legit. I've watched it three times, right? You know, for research, <clears throat> and uh, and I did cry two of those times. Oh. I am such a wuss at two different parts which is really straight anyway we'll get into that later um, do you want to tell people I know we'll probably do it at the end but do you want to tell people where they can find you Trash Compactor wise uh, you can find the Trash Compactor on the interweb um, we do we are currently currently working on a website so we can we so like your lovely self we can stream <laughs> stream. we can host the our wonderful I say wonderful, wonderful with big exclamation marks uh, podcast on there, as well as some writing that I'm trying to get started as well. But we're currently on SoundCloud. It's SoundCloud uh, Trash Compactor, as well as iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's um, at Trash Compactor or Trash Podcast. 
that's the actual name. Don't want to go. Don't want to give the wrong one. And also, you could follow all of us. Um, you can follow me at OG Films on Twitter if you fancy it. If you fancy the insane ramblings of a man who watches anime a little too much, plays far too many games, and has very little life outside of pop culture and his friends. I think people that listen to this show are probably very similar, so I think that will be fine. Hey, let's talk about stuff. Indeed. You can go first because I'm. I can go first. Oh no! Like it feels like school. Like going like, all right, we need someone to come to the front to do the first thing. You boy, <laughs> and then it's always the boy who who thought of something. It's like ah, don't worry, don't worry, teacher, I've got something. And then as soon as you stood up, it's like shit. <laughs> Um, However, science. Yeah, go on. I would like to talk about a little few things. One being um, a little show I just finished watching recently called Roka Braves of the Six Flowers, which is um, an anime show by, I believe it's Toho Animation. It finished, I want to say, beginning of September. But it was basically a um, a little kind of uh, twelve episode long fantasy um, fantasy. Uh, I want to say RPG, but it's not an RPG; it's an anime. Christ! <laughs> you do play too many games. I, I too, yeah, it's just like <coughs> pardon me. I'm sorry, uh, I ate too much pizza. That's fine. I I've I've, I've literally just finished eating some pizza myself just before we called. Yes, pizza is life. It is. Uh, but the reason I the reason why I found it so interesting was it wasn't kind of like like a grand epic one. It was kind of like a very self-contained like series. Like the entire, most of the 12 episodes took place in basically one location. It was basically like a bottle show, like basically where you have all the characters and it's kind of like, which one is like someone like the basic premise of it is um, every hundred years, a demon King basically arises and six heroes are born who must defeat him. And this year, six heroes were chosen, but there's a seventh one. um, And apparently someone's a traitor. And as they're trapped in this area and they can't leave until they find the person who sealed them in there, which is one of the traitors, which is the traitor who is one of the seven. It's kind of like, everyone's kind of like, is it him? Is it her? It it follows all kind of like, you kind of, basic tropes with uh, a lot of animes there's like a cat man an overly cute child who is annoying as piss <laughs> literally I, I i love cartoons and stuff like that but there are some characters who are just like oh you're just so annoying why <laughs> why do you exist well it's, she was annoying for one thing for being the apparently the strongest character in the group but also for having the most annoying voice and being so vindictive to everyone else like we should kill him or torture him it's like this shouldn't be coming out of a, a supposed 12 year old that's a bit scary who then vomits up a swamp monster because that was her power it's very weird that's but it's a, highly recommended that, i don't that's a power i'm sorry how, how what <laughs> The main character of it is a guy called Alden Meyer, who is seemingly just a normal man. However, he's he's self-described as the strongest man in the world, and he has no powers or anything. He's just a normal bloke, but he has like basically all these. Imagine like um, Q. He's basically the Q of that world. He has so many like gadgets and stuff like that. There's a like a particular favorite of mine. He's basically he has this kind of like pot of a. Uh, I suppose oil or something like that, which he throws over someone, and in his teeth he has basically the um, the flint to, to light it. Oof. But there's like a lot of like actions where basically he jumps over them, splashes them with that, and then basically chomps down, and then nice. Which is great for the, the beginning of the series, where there's quite a lot of action. But when it gets moved into like the midpoint, there's a lot of slow kind of like character ex- exploration because who's the bad guy? And it's so good, but you can't. It's one of the. I probably shouldn't have talked about it really because I can't ruin it at the end and reveal who the bad guy is because it would. No one would go right. Well, there's no point watching that then. Yeah, I am. I'm quite. I might check it out because I keep meaning to get more into anime because the stuff that I've seen I do really like, but I just find it really difficult because. There are so many ones that people recommend to me that have got like 153 episodes or something. And I'm just like, no, I do not know. I don't, I can't. I've got no time for this and just cry silently into my pillow. There are a lot of them where it's just kind of like, 
Bleach is a good example where there's like 200 and something episodes. It's just, it's, if you were, if you started watching when it first came out and you were carried on watching it, you're probably okay. But trying to jump into something now is impossible, I'd say. Yeah. I was reading Bleach bookwise, but, um, I can't, the problem was I missed about four or five books because I, uh, well, you know, life. And, um, <laughs> and then it, yeah, and then it just got to a point where I was just like, I couldn't catch up again. And now I'm something like, you know, 55 books behind. I'm like, ah, my life. Um, sometimes so. I like that though. There's, um, there's a series called Berserk, which, um, I really want to read mostly for the connotations towards a, my favorite game series at the moment, Dark Souls. Uh, a lot of, uh, that kind of the, the lore is kind of based kind of on what Berserk is. And Berserk is a, um, it's again, it's like a really nitty gritty kind of dark fantasy, but the most depressing way possible. Like people die. There's not in the kind of like a, like a kind of like a weird sexual way that a lot of anime has, but there's like sexual assault and stuff like that. And it's all done very seriously and like it has a point to it. Mm. Nothing, nothing is kind of like glamorized, but, um, that's a series where there's it's like 50 long and it's like oh i really want to get into that but i don't have enough money or time to read all that <laughs> yeah what i need is a, a lottery win because then i'd have all the money and the times oh, be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would so be nice good. you could live in a castle then and read all the anime and manga to you and the i don't know if watch. i'd want to live in a castle because it feels like there'd be a lot of spiders yeah Do but they could protect you you could become queen of the spiders or not at all, ever. <laughs> I would and, prefer to be Queen of the Kittens. Yeah, I think I'd rather be like Queen of the adorable fluffy things. Tribbles. Definitely Tribbles. Are those the weird Star Is Trek it, that's things? A <laughs> that's a Star Trek reference. That's a thing that I am. I have no knowledge of whatsoever outside of that Tribbles exist. <laughs> no, you're preaching to the choir there. I like Star Trek, but... My, my heart belongs to another space-born fantasy series. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, whilst we're leaning towards talking about Star Wars, I'm just going to finish this bit of tea. <laughs> because tea is awesome. Um, <laughs> as well as pizza. Yes, Star Wars. Well, that's a thing that just sort of exploded this week. <laughs> I got a text message from my husband yesterday, I want to say, that pretty much just said, forgot to check whether you wanted to see the new Star Wars movie. Booked a sofa at the Electric for opening night. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we're going to see that then. I have been staying away from the trailer, mostly because I have a thing about trailers at the moment in the sense that I think they show you far too fucking much and I'm getting annoyed by seeing the majority of a film condensed down into like two minutes. Uh, that is a personal uh, grievance of mine. I, I, I would normally choose not to watch a trailer, but um, I can confirm that the trailer for the new Star Wars film only has um, footage from the first 30% of the film. So there's still 70% of the film, which no one's seen. Oh, that's good. Oh, I might watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was staying away from it just because I thought, I've seen the teaser, and the teaser got me suitably excited. So that'll do, but um, no, now I might actually watch it. <clears throat> it is fantastic. It kind of hits you right in, I don't know if it's, if it's something, uh, I think it's something every um every person of our generation, I say generation, we're not even, not even from the 70s when the original films came out, but in terms of like the special edition, because that's where Star Wars really got to me, that's where I really, my love of it really came into fruition from the special editions, despite obviously their lackluster um, treatment of the actual the original films, but that's Star Wars to me. That The 1997 special editions will always be my version of Star Wars, but it just hits you right in the throat. Like, you get a lump in your throat when the music starts up, and then Han Solo's there, and it's like, oh god, and you cry, <laughs> and you wake up and watch it again and cry some more. Oh, that's we adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to get an internet slap now, but I am not as into Star Wars as maybe everybody else in the world is, but I think it's because I didn't, I didn't watch A New Hope until, when did I meet Rich? 
I want to say 2005, 2005. So it's probably about 2006 when I first watched Star Wars. And by this point, everybody in the world had told me it was the best fucking thing since sliced movies. And, uh, you know, I fucking... I say it's the best thing ever, but it's quite high up there. Yeah, a lot of people were like bigging it way, way up. And so I did really enjoy it. But, you know, when you're just expecting it to like... Wow just, you. Like kick you right in the fanny <laughs> or the metaphorical fanny. That's, you know? that's something I, I never experienced <laughs> myself, but I'm, I think I know where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, so I was expecting like, wah, and I got like, wah. That was a, <laughs> such a brilliant analogy and I'm not changing it. I'm sorry, guys. It's staying that way. Um, yeah, so, and, and I don't hate the prequels as much as a lot of other people do. Um, so my relationship with Star Wars is very like, yeah, as opposed to like, it is God. Yeah. So when the trailer came out and when the tickets went on pre-sale and stuff, I was just like, cool. That means it's coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't do the, the, the reaction that the whole, you know, internet did when it went bananas. But it's um, a weird place for that. It just like explodes for no reason sometimes. Yeah. I've got to say, like, weirdly, I'm more... The thing that's exciting me the most about the film is is the the new John Williams score. Oh no, John Williams! That'll be like I cannot yeah. wait to put that in my ears, and just <laughs> soak it in, just like basically a, force it in there, like a sponge. Because uh, I went to um, last week. I went to the Friday Night Classics thing that they do at the Symphony Hall in Birmingham, and it was the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra playing Star Wars tunes. And um, first of all, I almost fell out of my chair because they were like, hey, let's introduce this guy who's going to compare the evening. Oh, by the way, it's only fucking Mark Silk. And I almost dropped out of my chair because for those of you who don't know who Mark Silk is, um, have you ever played the medieval video game on uh, the PlayStation? So Daniel Fortescue. That's the one. That may be one of my favourite games ever. Well, Medieval 2, uh, Sir Daniel Fortescue was was played by by Mark Silk and he played the UK version of Johnny Bravo um, and he's, I think he's the current Danger Mouse in like the new version and so I, I was just like I was like, I'm in the same fucking room as Sir Daniel Fortescue and had a bit <laughs> of a brain melt. My mum was just like, what are you talking about now? It's like, ah, Mark fucking Silk. I didn't realise he was from Birmingham either which just made me even more like, ooh. And the reason he was comparing is because he was a voice in I want to say what was the name of the first prequel it was oh, Phantom Menace there you go <laughs> Come on, Stace, turn your nerd brain on. Yeah, and he did like a, it was like a one line passing thing in some sort of like intergalactic court kind of situation where he says some words. Um, So he was like talking and then the orchestra played like three pieces from each movie starting at episode one and going up to episode six. Yeah, <laughs> I just I'm so full of self self doubt today. I think it's I think it's because I'm so tired. That's I've been fine. coughing so much the past few nights that I've had minimal sleep, and now I've just become a complete mentor. Um, <laughs> uh, but oh god, it was so amazing when they played Jewel of the Fates. I was just like, oh, all of the spine tingles, and I got a little bit a little bit overexcited. A little bit goose pimply. Yeah, I th- I don't think there's anything really better in the world than a live orchestra performance. Oh, I definitely, I would definitely agree with you. We went. Um, three of the people from the trash camp, Amelia, Rob, and Tristan, went to go see video games live at the um that place in London, that really famous one. I should remember it, but I don't. Oh, Brixton Academy. Yeah, I'm probably wrong, <laughs> and if I am wrong, Rob will slap me. But I believe that's what it was. 
I'm going to say yes, it was. Um, we went we went to go see that, which I'm not sure if um, you're familiar with it, but it's basically uh, Tommy Tellerico, who may be one of the greatest uh, video game composers ever, apart from Harry Gregson Williams, who does also film, and uh, some of the people who do... Um, Matsu Masumi, I think, is the girl who did Mega Man. Uh, it was basically um, like live renditions of basically music from a lot of video games, like Metal Gear Solid. I think Warcraft was on there. The guy who did the Journey soundtrack was there, actually in person. I couldn't tell who he was because I'm useless. <laughs> but it's the sort of it's the same feeling like I imagine because I I went to the um one of the Star Wars ones years ago at the um the Millennium Dome, mm-hmm. by, which isn't obviously the Millennium Dome. It's the O2 Arena, isn't it now? Yeah. And it's just like there's something about live music when it just washes over you. And it's like ah, oh, I feel cultured now. <laughs> I don't know what it is about um, about orchestral music, but like if I go to a gig, I always do have a wicked time. But I've literally never felt the hairs stand up on the back of my neck like they do when I'm listening to like an orchestra just like belting out some fucking amazing. Oh, and John Williams is just a fucking genius. Yeah, he is good. Oh, I'm so jealous of his <laughs> talents and awesomeness. I am excited because they announced, uh, I think it was last week, they announced that the um, Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses is coming back to the UK next year, and I absolutely have to go to that. You can't see me right now, but I'm raising an eyebrow going like, yes, this is good. Yeah, I need I need that in my life. Um, I've I, already, was... I already texted my mum and I was like, we're going to this, just just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> free, up your, free up your calendar because we're going to this. I re- Well, earlier this... Um... I missed the uh, the Silent Hill version of that, which came over here recently. In fact, it might not have already come over. But then again, I want to go to that, but that's scary music. And I'd probably cry myself to sleep if I did go. I always have that fear of like, I know I'll enjoy the music when I'm there, but like when I'm on my way home by myself in the dark on the bus, walking around the suburbs of Birmingham, I'm probably going to shit myself. <laughs> um, I've probably told this story before but when I went to see Batman Begins this was like before me and Rich lived together and uh, and we watched it and I was like oh my god that was amazing and I'd like shit my pants at all the scarecrow scenes uh, and then I was going back to my nan and granddad's house which um, like round the back of their house was like a nature reserve park thing and so we used to get a lot of like random animals and bats and shit just like flinging about the place and of course i'm walking back to my nan and granddad's and there's just a metric shit ton of bats just flying around the path that i had to go down and i was like "Ah, ah, ah." i started like properly panicking because i thought this is this is how i die like obviously this is some sort of scene (laughs) from from batman and i'm gonna get murdered by the scarecrow and christian bell's not here to save me and help uh so i i I just went the really long way home instead (laughs) So, you know, that's foreshadowing, if ever I heard it. <laughs> I just don't like bats flying around oh. my flappy, like, just, just they're too flappy. Fla- anyway, <laughs> this is interesting knowledge to anybody. Hey, what do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about, well, I feel I should ask you this because it was yesterday. How did you spend Back to the Future Day? Uh, well, I was at work for a large part of it. And then by the time I got home, I was so cross with everyone talking about Back to the Future Day that I gave up on life. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I just read a load of comics. No, I. <laughs> it was one of those days where it was like you get up in the morning, and you think, "Oh, that's pretty cool." I'll probably watch Back to the Future too when I get home. And then by the time you get home, it's just like literally everybody's reposted the same picture and talking about the same thing and making the same jokes. And you're just like, "Oh, great! I wish I was dead." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do have to agree with you there. I didn't even realise what the day was. I mean, Back to the Future Two is probably the one I've seen the least. I've the third one I've seen more times than I ever care to remember as a kid, <laughs> and the first one I've definitely only seen twice. But the second one, I I believe I've seen it because I I recognise scenes from it. But then that could just be my mind lying to me. But 
<laughs> it got to about like one and I realized, oh yeah, that is the day it is. Oh well, other stuff. The, the thing that I find odd about it is that the, the number of false alarms we've had like over the last couple of years anyway, mm-hmm. where people have like photoshopped the date and it's like, oh no, today's the day that this is a thing that, that's happened. The only reason I assumed it was actually real this year was because there was a very annoying looking Keith Lemon special that I oh, decided God, yeah. to completely avoid <laughs> at all bloody costs uh, because Keith Lemon is an acquired taste and I haven't acquired it. <laughs> it's a taste I would rather not have. Yeah, yeah. Not that I actually watch TV. TV is um, TV is death in my opinion. Well, like, see, I, I watch an awful lot of TV, but none of it involves Keith Lemon, thankfully. You know, it mostly involves, like, The Flash and iZombie and other assorted cool things. See, those are two shows I've definitely not got into. Not oh, really? for Not for lack of trying, but just, like, I don't know. I'm, I was, to put it into context, I was very much in the DC kind of, like, um, camp before um, this year. And then all the Marvel movies this year gone like, no, Marvel's actually a lot better this year than it's ever been. <laughs> Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, although I know that was last year. Like this entire phase two of uh, Marvel's kind of plan to kind of cull us all into like a massive like Marvel must rule us all thing. It's definitely kind of swayed me their way, especially Guardians of the Galaxy. That's probably my favorite film of last year. It was awesome. And it was. I'll give you that. I was going to say something pertinent then, and it's completely slipped out of my brain. So um, if you'd like to say some more words while I. You I know, can say some more words. I reboot. I've got, <laughs> what have I got here on my little list of things? <coughs> da, 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 da. We don't really talk about games very much here, do we? Well, that's because, right, I don't know if I've talked about this much. I'm shit at games, uh, and they scare me. So <laughs> no, my problem is, right, right, here's the thing. If it's not rock band or it's not a puzzle game such as, like, I don't know, Tetrisphere, or I love Tetrisphere, or, like, Zookeeper on the DS, then I'm going to be scared of it because... I get far more involved in a game than I really should. Like, you know how people play Resident Evil and stuff and, like, a zombie pops out and they go, Ugh. like, I play Resident Evil and a zombie pops out and I go, shit, shit, I'm going to die. Someone save me. Somebody stab me in the face. Oh, he's going to eat me. He's eating me. He's eating my face. Etc. Etc. It gets dramatic and I, my heart rate can't cope with, with that level of nonsense for, you know, extended periods of time. Fair enough. It's scary, but you can talk about games because I'm sure. Well, I, I just wanted to talk about two things really quickly that I was, I was, well, one, everyone was a part of, but one I was very lucky to be a part of, um, in which case, which is the, the Star Wars Battlefront beta, which was last week or ended last week. But also, um, I was very kindly invited to take part, si- <coughs> excuse me, use my proper voice. <laughs> I was very kindly invited to, t- to take part in the Dark Souls 3 network stress test over the weekend. Ooh. It was a, a very, very cool thing. Being, and being such a, a big fan of the series, I was um, giddy with joy, as you can imagine. <laughs> so to put it into context, uh, for those who don't know, Dark Souls is um, a, a very oppressive uh, dark fantasy. No, sorry, let me start that again. It's a very oppressive epic fantasy set in a kind of very dark world of... Um, Humanity's dying out. Uh, basically, if you die, you turn into an undead, and you're forever. You basically gain immortality, but you forever. You just die forever. Ooh. Not, 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 not in the kind of like a gross way either. You basically just turn into kind of like a mindless husk. Like imagine a proper zombie. That's what you essentially turn into. But the the whole kind of lore of the world is basically if you have um, humanity, you can kind of regain your humanity. Humanity is a consumable in the uh, the world. 
And it's all kind of like about gods trying to stop this tide of darkness, which is kind of slowly encroaching over the world. And darkness may, in fact, be humanity. And it's all very, you have to kind of read between the lines. And the story isn't told to you like directly. Like, there's one thing I really like about it. Like, the story isn't like, this is John. He did this. This is what happened. This is the end. It's very much hidden in the item descriptions and kind of like just hidden inside the dialogue of the few NPCs you do meet in the game. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something I would describe as a very beautiful play, like, storytelling experience. It's like, sorry, I, I'm breathed in so much I can't even breathe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> This is a problem I have on the, on the trash compactor. I just get so into it. It's like, oh god, I got to talk about everything, and then I can't breathe, and then, oh, and then I die. Don't die. Um, I, I, if I if don't. you are gonna die, can you try not to do it like on the show? Because I, yeah. I don't like talking to myself. It's not like one of those things like when you um if you're pregnant and you're in a supermarket and you have <gasps> and then the, the supermarket goes, well, we've got to give them a bunch of stuff now. <laughs> It's not, it's not yeah. like if I died on the show, you'd have to kind of always... And this show is dedicated to that guy who died on the last show. <laughs> that would be so grim. That anyway. would be a Halloween special indeed. Oh, but, shit, um, yeah. I forgot, I forgot <laughs> it was October. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's next weekend. Oh, and shit, there's nothing going on. There's no parties in my area. There's nothing. It's Aww. just like, well, I guess I'll just have a movie marathon and watch terrible movies for a long time. Which is fine. I love terrible movies. It's half my life. If I didn't watch terrible movies, I think I'd die. Terrible movies are awesome. I'm going to a club night and I'm probably going to sweat to death in my costume. But I don't give a shit because I love fancy dressing. Fancy dress is life. As is pizza and tea. A lot of things are life, aren't they? I've noticed this. To me, a lot of things are life. <laughs> Especially Dark Souls. I was just going to say, blood, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. But um, yeah, I was, um, as I was saying, I was invited uh, through um, a kind of a lottery system. Like, I know a lot of people who um, play um, the games with me, as well as, uh, I believe, uh, Robert, who's uh, the, co- the host of the Trash Comics. I think he also applied for it. But I was the only one. It's one of those things where you're the only person that you know who gets in, and you go like, oh, I'm really sorry you guys didn't get on it. And then at the same time, you're like, fuck yes. <laughs> get in. I get to play it, and you don't. <laughs> Not that I'm vindictive to them, but not, I got to play it and they did, and it was a lot of joy. Um, so it was basically um, three days of ske- scheduled gaming between. Um, it was uh, they said it was going to be between six p.m. and uh, nine p.m., but eventually it turned out to be between seven and ten. And the game, it, oh, the game, I, I, I should probably send you like a link if you include links at the bottom Some, for the trailer for it. But um, sometimes, sometimes, if I can be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as you include a link for the trash compactor, that's fine. Wink, fair dues. Fair dinkum. Wink, 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 not saying no more, saying no more. But um, it's just like a very oppressive looking, like, the game on PS4, obviously, is not um, it's not scheduled to come out on the uh, the previous generation, uh, the Xbox 360 and the PS3, but it's just a gorgeous looking game for, for essentially being just an alpha at the moment. And the, the idea was to basically just kind of stress test the service, see how many people they could do multiplayer with, because it has a very, the, the entire series, uh, Soul, uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, and uh, their spiritual successor Bloodborne has um, a very interesting uh, multiplayer mechanic called Mingle Player mm-hmm. where you can play through the entire game on your own not even knowing that you could play with other people but um, throughout the world you'll always see kind of like apparitions moving around of uh, other players and you can read notes they've left which like give helpful hints like you could be at an impasse there's very clearly a staircase which quite clearly has a trap on it and there could be a little note saying take a step forward and you'll do it and then you'll die and you go that bastard killed me <laughs> That sounds mean. It is. It's a very. It's mean, but fair. It's a very difficult game, uh, regardless of how you look at it. But the difficulty is so fine and fair. It's almost not difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you ever speak to Robert, he he struggles with uh, 
excuse me, these games sometimes, as as does everyone who does who plays them. But it just gets to a point where you, because like most games, there's basically a run up to a boss and then you fight the boss. And then if you succeed, you succeed. If you don't, you die. And it gets to the point where maybe you'll die so many times that you become so used to the journey. It's like, you know, it's intimately as a lover. And as you kind of like, you're on your little path down to where the boss is, you see the enemies coming towards you. You kind of like, you're, you're almost perfect at it. You just sidestep killing them as you go along. And then you go into the boss and it's just attrition, attrition, attrition. But it's so satisfying when you actually finish a level and kill a boss. And he's like, yes, finally. See, I don't think I've got the patience for that. It is very, very, very much like it's the sort of game like if the tutorial beats you, you'll never play the game again. But if you if you if you just persevere and try to succeed, then you're into perhaps one of the greatest fantasy stories, especially with Dark Souls One of the last generation. See, I don't think I have the temperament for that because, like, here's a classic example that's not even slightly pop culture related of of me and my total lack of patience. I got a list of things I was going to do before I was 30 that I barely touched. But one of them was bake and ice a cake entirely by yourself. Because I thought icing a cake looks really difficult, but let's just make it even fucking harder by baking the shitting thing first. So I thought, (laughs) I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like a rectangle cake. I'm going to ice it black and I'm going to make little Tetris shapes and it'll look like a little Tetris screen and it'll all be awesome and blah, blah, blah. So I start making it and I make a lopsided cake. So I'm immediately cross because... how I'm going to ice this fucking disaster of a cake is a bit beyond me. But anyway, so for some reason in my head, it seemed like it would be more sensible to buy white icing and use food colouring to make it different colours than to buy like loads of blocks of like black and pink and blue and blah blah blah. So I get a lump of white icing and I knead it a bit and I make a little well in it and I put some black food colouring in there and I mush it around and it goes grey. So I put a bit more black in there and I mush it around and it's still grey. So I put a bit more in there and I mush it around and it's black but now it's also basically liquid. So I put a bit of icing sugar in there and I mush it around and it's grey. And I start to feel my rage levels just just <laughs> rising just a tiny bit. Just feel the vein on your head start. To yeah, fall. yeah. So the husband comes in and he's like, "All right, stay." Says it going with the cake, and I'm like, "Fine, it's absolutely fine." So you know he leaves, and uh, and I put a bit more ice and sugar in there and it's grey and I put some more black food colouring in and now it's liquid again and I don't know about how to fix these things so Rich comes in and says do you want a hand and I go no I don't want a fucking hand and burst into tears so this is this is you know that's me guys I don't think (laughs) I don't think I've got the temperament for games where I might have to do bits over and over again in order to do a bit that I can't do I'm likely to like lob my controller at the screen I think this this sounds like a let's play channel that's just waiting to happen Rich reckons that for my next charity uh, event thing I shouldn't do a 24 hour podcast I should do a 24 hour live stream of me playing any video games (laughs) (laughs) he thinks that would be so entertaining that sounds like the best idea in the world no because the thing is right I think after about 10 minutes I'd either be in tears from being frustrated or from being too scared (laughs) Um, so uh, I don't think it'd be a good idea because if you add sleep deprivation in there as well you've just got yourself a whole a whole mess yeah it seems like a mistake I have been playing a game the past week though but it was Rock Band 4 so I don't know how much it counts Um, Uh, it counts as a game I want to whinge about it though you can whinge about it because the actual gameplay is fine and the new guitar is better than the old guitar but um, I have a massive problem with the choosing your characters situation Mm. because in the old game (laughs) excuse me um, (laughs) charming (laughs) I'm such a classy bastard in the last game 
I had a character that looked almost exactly like me. It was kind of fucking brilliant, actually. And also was wearing stuff I would legitimately wear. Um, so I was like, well chuffed with this character. And I got all overexcited when Rock Band 4 came out. So I was like, yeah, I can't wait to make a new me. It's going to be well exciting. Except that my character looks like... For a start, you can't make yourself any fatter, which I think is a bit mean because I am admittedly fat. And not that I want my character to be obese or anything, but, you know, I would like it to not be a stick figure. But you can't choose its body. It's just like male or female, which is rude. So it's just kind of like you're very generic and like you're either a man or a woman. Yeah. No um, kind of like... No builds or anything. No, yeah. Like, yeah. And you can't... Because I think on one of the other games, you used to be able to like increase your own height or, or like shorten yourself a bit and stuff. Or maybe I'm thinking of Guitar Hero. Either no, way. Guitar Hero, you definitely... You just get shit characters in that, don't you? Kind of. I always remember I used to make a guy who used to look like um, Gene Simmons from Kiss and go like, that's fine, done. Play That'll do. But my, char- my character in Rock Band 4, for a start, you can't put glasses on them without the glasses having like coloured lenses, um, which doesn't make any sense. So she hasn't got glasses on. The closest hairstyle to mine, and my hair is curly with a full fringe, was... Uh, long straight hair with victory rolls at the front which looks nothing nothing like my hair and the closest face we could get actually makes me look somewhat ethnic <laughs> it just <laughs> essentially it looks nothing like me and then when I was searching the outfits because the initial outfit you get is basically a pair of jeans and like a plain grey t-shirt the closest I could get to like anything even remotely interesting is nothing I would ever choose to wear so I was really cross because it just doesn't look anything I like me I think that's a, like a struggle most people have especially if you're kind of like only very casual of the games you play <laughs> Like you basically want to like impose not not impose imprint yourself onto the game so you kind of feel like it's i want to impose myself on guitar where the fuck am i in this game that's exactly how it would be the thing was in rock band 3 as well there was you know the random characters you get in your band when other people aren't logged in so like if it's just you playing and you're not playing online then there's just like standard rando characters that are in there did i just say rando who the fuck do i think i am (laughs) um uh there was one in rock band 3 who looked just like me but with red hair so i was like oh my god i'm in this band twice (laughs) it's like we're twins yeah so now i'm extra cross because this this one just has like zero people that look remotely like me which makes me a bit sad that's really (laughs) self-aggrandizing i'm just realizing that now what a terrible negative to have a better game (laughs) that's totally fine in terms of games actually if you're not too into like the hardcore scene you'd probably like a lot of the adventure games that have been coming out recently mm. there's one called life is strange which you might like it's kind of like a supernatural uh i want to say thriller but it's not it's kind of like a supernatural kind of like slice of life yeah i've I'm, heard good things about that i do like to watch other people play games like when i was younger because um in our house we used to have uh we had a nes and a mega drive basically up until the point that we decided to like I think it was when the GameCube came out that we actually got a new console. (laughs) (laughs) But I used to watch my nan play Super Mario a lot because I would panic and die. And I used to watch my mom play Legend of Zelda a lot because I used to panic and die. Um, in fact, one of the things on my to do before I was thirty list was finish Ocarina of Time by myself because a my worthy, a worthy attempt. Well, the thing is, I cannot get behind. There's there's two two bits in that game that I always used to get my mom to do for me, which um, sounds really sad now. I've said it out loud, <laughs> uh, but my, it does make my mom sound cool, so that's fine. Which was the Water Temple because it used to drop. I used to get driven completely fucking potty by the idea of like having to remember where to go to lower and heighten i almost said lower and higher the water then and that's not a fucking sentence that's and good english that's what that is it was re good english um re good english i uh i used to get really
really cross with that. And I also couldn't do the spirit temple because those things that squeal at you and you stop moving scared them. Oh, the red redeads, yeah. They scared the absolute daylights out of me. So as soon as like mum sorted those bits out, I was fine because I'd just like go and kill Ganondorf and you know happy days. But um, yeah, still haven't done it by myself. <laughs> shaking my head right now i'm so lame <laughs> and i can't even get slightly into wind waker because i always fail miserably you know right towards the start it's like like oh when you're sneaking around the castle at the beginning yeah when you have to climb in a barrel and sneak around i always get fucking caught always in fact that always used to trip me up in gerudo valley and ocarina time as well just constantly getting kicked out of places they are very struggling strugglesome that's not even a word strugglesome <laughs> no it is now I love it. It's one of my favourite words. Um, I always like Wind Waker's probably is up there as well as one of my one of those games I feel like everyone should play. I've tried, but I was shit at it. <laughs> I am, um, yeah, and I also used to get well, not cross, but like you know, before you get the warp thingy and you have to actually sail everywhere. Mm. That used to drive me mad. So yeah, I quite liked that. But then again, I'm. I think this is coming from like very two different schools here. Like it's the sort of thing. Like if you can be immersed in it, like you'll find so much enjoyment out of just like the most mundane things in a game, mm-hmm. such as like sailing a boat, riding a horse, or walking around a very undead burg in Dark Souls. Going back to that. <laughs> See, I wonder whether it's because, though, I spent most of my time watching my mum play Wind Waker, so I wasn't really getting the enjoyment from the, the sailing because I just wanted her to get to the next fun bit that I could watch her, like, you know, cut someone in. Um, the next temple, basically. Yeah, essentially. That's how I'm terrible. I, I need to get better at games, but I'm scared to try them now. Like, Rich bought the Deadpool game last year because I'm all over Deadpool like a rash on a cheap hooker. And, um, <laughs> and. The metaphors is beautiful, I must admit. <laughs> I am eloquent as shit. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I, I still haven't played it. I've watched him play it and I love it. Uh, it's such a good game. Like, in terms of. Not, probably not in terms of gameplay, it's quite repetitive, but in terms of Deadpool, it's amazing. Um, but I still can't play it because I'm scared of getting shot in the face. Even Are you though I know. To the movie, then? Oh my god. Oh, oh, if I could, like, dry hump that trailer, <laughs> I fucking would because. Oh, it's so perfect. I can't even contain myself. I think it just proves again that Marvel is, is going in the right direction in terms of the movies they're trying to make. Isn't it a Fox one, though? It is Fox, but if you know what I mean, like it's essentially well, a Marvel yeah. film. It's Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i just, I, yeah, everything about that trailer and all the news before and after that I've seen and heard and stuff, it's just like, I'm so sold. I'm so sold. I just want to, I want it in my eyes. I think I'm more excited about that than Star Wars. Don't hit me. I can't. I mean, I'm in a completely different place to you. I mean, I'm in oh, the parlour with you've you. You've ruined the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Everyone believed we were sat next to each other and I was burping relentlessly in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of burping, should we talk about Rick and Morty? Um, <laughs> we probably should, like, wubble a dub dub. <laughs> oh, fucking, I tell you, after the fucking finale, wubble a dub dub my fucking heart. Ugh, oh. I can't even. I can't remember what episode I was up to the last time. Last time we spoke. The last, well, the last time I spoke and everyone else listened. Um, <laughs> I think if I recorded it, when did I record it? I recorded it my birthday week, so it would have been at least like three episodes ago, if not four. So you're talking like middle of series two. Oh, the uh, the finale. I'm going to spoil the shit out of this guy. So if you haven't watched it, like you know. Just just turn this off. I don't even care. <laughs> Go and catch the fuck up. I, I I didn't cry the first time I watched it, but I think it was because second name drop of the of the episode, Lee Grice texts me on the the day that it like aired over here. 
and I hadn't had a chance to watch it that day. So he texted me and he was like, oh, um, what, what, what kind of a mood are you in today? I was like, oh, I don't know, not great. Why? Well, he was like, maybe, maybe don't maybe don't watch Rick and Morty yet. And I was like, no, that's not a thing I can do. Shut your mouth. These are the kinds of lovely conversations I have via text message. And so he, he pretty much told me, go and buy yourself a cake and a box of tissues. And I was like, shit. So I went into it expecting to have my heartstrings like punched just really hard. And they were, but I think because I was like, on edge for, for it. it yeah I, it didn't hit me as hard as it may well have done if I hadn't been prepared uh, but when I watched it the second time I did cry because I noticed more stuff because I think I was on edge waiting for something to happen that like I didn't notice everything that was going on but um the like the basic premise of the episode was that bird person and Tammy were going to get married on planet squanch which is my new favorite word <laughs> how satisfying is it to say Squanch. Squanch. That's probably one of the greatest words I've ever heard. Oh, one of the the blokes that that I work with, who's a similarly uh, Rick and Morty obsessed person, has just started calling me Squanchy because (laughs) um because I'm adorable and a perv. No, because actually that's not far wrong. Um, It's almost the perfect word for that description. It's uh, no, he started calling it me because he's a bit renowned for giving people good nicknames in the office, and he just keeps calling me face, which no, like everybody agrees is is you know too obvious and terrible. Uh, so it's just started calling me Squanchy because it starts with an S and ends in a Y, like my actual name. That sounds pretty good to me. I'm not gonna, you know, if it takes off, I'm not gonna argue. It sounds better than most of my my nicknames. <laughs> oh dear, dare I ask? <laughs> you can. <laughs> Go on. Very well. Uh, we have a well in secondary school. We had a friend who used to basically just give everyone nicknames. It didn't even make any sense. This guy called Matthew who's currently in China studying uh, martial <laughs> arts because he's into that sort of thing. But um, I think uh, one of my many nicknames was either telephone, and another one was a uh, swim hat man. Mostly because I used to have a very <laughs> a very bad bowl haircut, which thankfully no longer um, afflicts me as bad as it did in secondary school. But yeah. <laughs> God awful nicknames. That's actually pretty awesome. I, if it makes you feel any better, I used to get called uh, Harry, McClary, Fat and Scary. So that's the thing. Kids are mean. Anyway. Kids are mean. <laughs> Um, so the last episode, uh, they all like the the Smith family go off to the wedding on Planet Squanch, and um, and it's all lovely jubbly, and even Rick manages to like not be a ginormous douche throughout the ceremony, despite the fact that he's obviously very anti marriage and whatnot. Um, anti everything, isn't he? Yeah, and then it turns out that whilst he's giving quite a heartfelt speech that I thought was like fucking adorable and perfect, and I kind of wanted the episode to end there because I was like, oh, it's all been so nice. The end. The end. Um, it turns out Tammy's been an undercover agent working for the Galactic Federation trying to capture like 17 wanted criminals that were all in attendance at that wedding and like like the shit just hits the fan and bird person gets straight murdered and I was like and I think it's a testament to the writing in Rick and Morty that a guy who's appeared all of about three times is it maybe four he's in the end of season one and gets swifty yeah, get, he's in, he isn't getting fifty, so this would be his third appearance. His third and final appearance. <laughs> final? No, I adore him, and the fact that he's only appeared like three times and has possibly one of the most like deadpan attitudes and voices <laughs> ever. Like, I've got like hats off to Dan Harmon for his delivery of like everything bird person ever says. There was one line in this that just like had me almost crying, which is when he's just talking completely deadpan and he's like, I probably shouldn't share these details, but I've become inebriated. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he can't even tell. It's adorable. 
Um, so he does a dead, and that was like, meh. And then Squanchy, like, hulks out, like, proper hulks out. He's got this, like, fake tooth that's filled with some sort of serum that makes him just, like, beef the fuck up. Uh, and he just goes to town on all these Galactic Federation types so that the Smith family can escape. The the thing the thing that I want well I don't not the thing one of the many things I love about Rick and Morty is the fact that it can move so like fluidly between being totally emotional heart wrenching horrendousness into just being like downright fucking funny, um and the Smith family trying to find a new place to live is just the greatest like a little montage because they find like there's three planets outside of Galactic Federation's jurisdiction that are ninety at least ninety percent like Earth and one of them that had me crying was uh, they get to a planet and it turns out like everything's on the cob and Rick's reaction to everything being on the cob is just like I want to know why you're so scared of everything being on the cob because <laughs> um, they're like ooh strawberries on a cob ooh flowers on a cob are those mountains on a cob and he's just like get in the car get in the car now <laughs> it's brilliant <laughs> But they end up on a dinky, dinky version of Earth uh, that you can like walk around in like 20 minutes and stuff. And while Rick goes off exploring and finds the core of the planet, he happens to crawl under the little hut that they've been living in. And here's the Smith family arguing about life and Rick and the fact that he's kind of ruined theirs because now they're on the run from a Galactic Federation living in a place that has no other people or things and uh, everything shit. And so he decides to like do the the good thing and he turns himself in. And it's mm. just it's <laughs> the um the, the song Hurt by Nine Inch Nails starts playing and it's just like, why would you do this to my heart, you bunch of bastards? I couldn't cope, like <laughs> It is what it's a very, very well. It's, it's a perfect roller coaster show, as you say. Like yeah. you got the funny bits is like so high, but then when it brings you right down, like the ending of episode three, the um, Oof. the that one, Oof. you know the one I mean. Autoerotic That's the oh. also the best episode name for an episode, but yes. at the same time, that ending is like it's just one of those things. It's just kind of bam right in the heart and it's like oh god no yeah and even jerry just coming out with the little weed whacker trying to sort out the drive just can't save you from that moment of like do you realize what rick just did i cannot i can't oh it's all right though it's been renewed for a third season i know i'm so excited i got really um i got really antsy though after the did you like watch well i assume you watch the post credits bits that happen after every episode and um for the, for the episodes i've seen um, the only one I haven't done for is the um, I don't know what the the one basically which is like the clip show which is again one of the best ones you know where they just everything <laughs> just adds <adult. laughs> yeah interdimensional you, you guys can't have eyeballs these are my eyeballs oh, my, get up Mark great. out of here with my I said, eyeballs I said, Ma- I said Mark Marty there for a second. I'm thinking bloody Doc Brown. Christ. <laughs> I am um, that episode, I don't think I talked about that one, but I'm going to need to because I'm obsessed with um interdimensional cable. Um but the post credit sequence at the end of the finale is uh Mr. Poopy but- Butthole is watching he's actually sitting and watching Rick and Morty and he's like, Ooh wee, what a fucking finale, eh? And he just starts like ranting about how it's gonna be like a year and a half, maybe longer, before series three and I was like, uh, fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not acceptable. So yeah, and he sort of assaults a poli- a pizza a pizza, no, put your teeth in. Pizza delivery man, there you go. I just ugh I'm so in love with this show, it's it's borderline frightening. There's a well, I think since I want to say 2007. When did Adventure Time start? About then. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I clap, clap, clap. We could run the we could run the country, you and me. I blagged it well though, did I? 
basically, I think it's one of those things, like, since um, Adventure Time did start, and you've had, like, Adventure Time regular show, Steven Universe, which, of course, I'm in love with. That's just the cutest show in the world. Everyone should watch Steven Universe. And Rick and Morty as well. Like, Cartoon Network and Adults have come up with prep. Well, I think they've got the greatest, like, selection of cartoons on the show at the moment. And they're all shows that adults can watch as well as kids. <laughs> I don't know how much I'd show kids Rick and Morty, but oh no, actually, that's thinking of yeah. Well, that's on Adult Swim, so kids shouldn't be yeah, watching it anyway. That's true. That's true. Going back to interdi- interdimensional cable two, tempting fate. What a fucking episode. I'm in love with those because apparently, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but apparently most of those sessions are just just in Royland getting drunk and going into a recording booth and just saying some words and seeing what happens and building things around them. But I recently went to a training exercise thing, which was about assertiveness and time management and getting the most out of your working day. I'm already asleep. Um, But me and my... Rick and Morty obsessed colleague who keeps calling me squanchy. Um, <laughs> we were we had to do like a flip chart of what we thought good uh, assertive behaviour was and what we thought bad assertive behaviour was. And um, so under bad assertive behaviour, we put you know disrespecting people's personal space, and then kept falling about laughing because we just kept saying personal space. Just just keep out of my personal space. Keep out of my personal space. This chair's in my personal space, and I think I'm okay with that in my personal space. <laughs> I think my favourite part of that personal space sketch was when he just goes. Whoa, who's around me? Who's around me right now? <laughs> I don't even want all this skin up in my personal space. Um, so oh, we God. just. <laughs> We just kept saying stupid things and then we had to present it. So I was like, Adrian, I can't I can't do it. You're gonna have to do it because if I say the words personal space, I'm gonna crease. <laughs> I just and he was like, Yeah, we've got one, uh, personal space, two, personal space, three, keep out of my personal space. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only way that could have been better is if maybe you'd at the beginning got like, Wait, who's in my personal space? <laughs> who's around okay. me? Who's, who's around me right now? <laughs> Let's just step on up here and we'll all get stepped up. Um, I would love to get pissed with Justin Roiland. I think it would be brilliant. It's going to um, probably be the best night out you'd ever have. Oh, God, can you imagine? Uh, like, man versus car has me. Anytime he cracks up while he's while he's <laughs> voicing things. Sorry, you're brilliant. making me fucking remember the <laughs> Just a bit when he's just like, wouldn't the cars always win? Just Michael Jenkins versus just a regular car. Regular here he goes, he's, he's doing it. And, oh, no, the car's crashed him. This is crazy. Chalk up, it's another one for the car. I don't know why they keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, um, the inner world where there are eight Jan Michael Vincents. <laughs> I don't... Who is... It's one of those things... I know he's obviously someone who's made up, but the entire time I'm thinking, I know that name. Where do I know his name from? <laughs> I know that's a joke and everything, but it's just... oh gosh! And um, what was the other one that had me crying? Like, oh, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> how did he get there? Wait, how did I get here? Just oh, keep away from that coffee machine. Dear me, that episode was so good. I know a lot of people ragged on it because um, I reviewed every episode of series two for the Geek Syndicate website. Uh, nobody asked me to; I just did it. <laughs> um, Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go read them. They're actually like you know well-articulated thoughts because I have time to think about them and write them down and edit them as opposed to this podcast where I just make noises. Um, <laughs> yeah, I that episode to me was like almost as good as Rixty Minutes and the only reason I don't think it quite lived up to it is because I really love the B-plot in Rixty Minutes with, pardon oh, me, with, um, Jerry and Beth sort of, a, yeah. The side characters that you kind of know are there. It's like, oh, yeah, they have plots sometimes. Yeah, because I mean, I did quite like in uh, Inter- Interdimensional Cable too that the B-plot was just one extended dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> and Werner Herzog being in it holy shit I almost died he was so great oh, I haven't got like any bad things to say about Rick and Morty like ever 
Except for the fact that there's no more of it on right now, and I need it. I need it in my life. Thank you, please. It's one of those things, everyone. It's almost got the perfect runtime, like eleven episodes. Even though I know, I think the second season only had ten, didn't it? Yeah. I say I don't know if you um obviously you watch them on TV. I I've watched a few of them on the um the Adult Swim website. Mm-hmm. The way they're labelled up there, they they're always missing a number. So like the first season is missing seven. It's like one through to eleven with one of the numbers missing, and the second season did that as well. And you're looking at it, you're going, I can't figure out which what's missing here. I don't know if that's intentional. Mm, I don't know. That's bizarre. I just love the names of the episodes as well. I think they're awesome. I'm just obsessed, guys. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> I am. There, worse, there are worse things you could watch, and yeah. there are worse things you could gun done doof about. Rich keeps laughing at me because um, because I'm like relentlessly watching it. I got my grubby mitts on a Blu-ray of Series 1 the other day and watched five episodes. I'm immensely jealous of you right now. Oh, it's so immensely good. Immensely jealous. I need, to, I need to re-watch it again soon, though, with the commentaries on. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's going to happen probably this weekend. Because <laughs> I haven't got a billion other things to watch and read and do. Um, to be honest, that's fine. I've been, out of all the things I could be doing, I've just really been re-watching Monster Masumi a lot, which I, I no one should ever admit to watching Monster Masumi. I've never even heard of it. No, Monster Masumi is basically a harem uh, anime, but um, with um, not normal girls. They're kind of like animal girls. Right. But it's very, very cute and weird. And I don't know. It, it's one of those shows that got me back into watching anime. And it's like, well, this is weird. Better watch this. <laughs> I sometimes really like the, the the really weird stuff. Like, I remember me and Rich watching a couple of episodes of Prince of Tennis because we were just like, <laughs> Prince of Tennis, what the fuck? It's pretty funny. Mm. I don't think it's intentional. Though. <laughs> uh, I think that might just be me laughing at TV inappropriately. Um, but anyway, I'm going to stop talking about Rick and Morty now because I actually legitimately have thought about starting a, a separate Rick and Morty podcast. Uh, and, and literally the only thing stopping me at the moment is the fact that I can't, I can't be asked to edit another podcast because <laughs> uh, cause editing blows, guys. Don't, yeah, it does. This don't is why do I get it. Rob to do the editing for the trash compactor. Mm. I need to like teach Duncan how to do it so he can do the Turtles episodes because it stresses me out and it's long and boring. What are but, your thoughts on the next one then, considering what we know so far? The the next... Uh, the, the next Michael Bay one. I don't know. Did you like the, the first one? I did, actually. It's got a plot hole the size of... It doesn't have a plot. There's no hole. <laughs> you can't have a, a hole. a black hole, you could say. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't have a hole in nothing. No, it, but it had enough of the sort of feel of the turtles and enough, like, ninja badassery that I completely let it off for being mm. a bit nonsense. And um, What's the Chops wasn't anywhere near as bad as I was expecting. Megan Fox. Yeah, that's the one. So that was... Uh, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that. And it's got a really like badass soundtrack. I, I like listening to that when I'm on the treadmill. I haven't been on the treadmill for a while, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very uh, it's very motivating, you know, badass music for jogging too. I, my biggest concern, but I don't even really know if it's a concern so much as the fact that I'm... Uh, I just, I'm not keen on Stephen Amell. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and he's going to be Casey Jones. And, and that's a big deal for me because I heart Casey Jones. Uh, he's a good character. He's probably one of the only, I suppose, believably good characters <laughs> in that entire series, especially from like the original, like the cartoons and stuff like that. I straight adore him. And so, yeah, it's... I, the, the problem is I've only seen Stephen Amell in Arrow and I cannot stand Arrow. I think it's Gash. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think the only time I've seen him is when he was at SummerSlam. Oh, I, I did not watch that. That's fine. I did I really. I just know he was there. Yeah. No, I, I fell out with wrestling a little bit lately uh, because it just seems to be the same like five people wrestling each other, which is a bit of a shame. But... It is a bit of a shame, but 
it's just that Rob, um, the, the host of the, the trash bag, he just he's just so interesting at the moment. It's almost infuriating. <laughs> I know, I know, it annoys Chris to to no end, mostly because they live above each other, or Chris lives above Rob where they uh, where they're living in the moment. Um, it's all he talks about. It's just everything's wrestling. This is like, yeah, it's nice and all that. I mean, I I enjoy it anyway because I'm a kid at heart, <laughs> and it was always the greatest thing to watch as a kid. I think it's because he never really watched it as a kid himself. I've yeah. a kid quite a lot now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've watched wrestling this year since WrestleMania, which is a bit of a shame. But I did enjoy WrestleMania, it was good. My leg's gone dead. Excuse me, I'm readjusting myself. Um, (laughs) Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Because I realise I've been gas-bagging about Rick and Morty for about half an hour. (laughs) Um, Let's have a look at my notes. I've really kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about. The only other thing I really talked about was uh, your lie in April, but I only really wanted to talk about the last episode of that, which would be spoilerific as hell. Oh. So I don't feel I should talk about it because, again, this is a show I feel everyone should watch because <laughs> it's not a um, kind of like a it's kind of a very slow moving show about um, kids playing classical music oh. and it's got a very 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 readable plot and it like if you've ever seen any kind of tragic kind of like coming of age thing it's like yep this is a plot I definitely know it's like there are two t- I'll talk about it, about it a little bit it's basically um, the main character in it, uh, I want to say Kose something beginning with K. <laughs> Should, I should have done more research. I'm cr- see, this is this is you're getting the premium trash compactor experience Woo-hoo. here talking to me. <laughs> no notes, no no preparation. Just I watched something. Don't remember what it was, but um, basically it's about um, a kid who um, he used to be like a, a prodigy uh, p- pianist, not a penis, but a pianist. <laughs> um, when he was a kid, and his like his mum kind of like sculpted him into like this amazing pianist, but. As with all tragic kind of like coming of age things, she sadly dies, and it turns out he had an abusive relationship with her. She she used to beat him to make him as amazing as he is, and he dies before like at the beginning of the story. She's already dead, and the way he described his world is his world is grey. He can't hear music anymore. He can hear himself playing the notes. Like he feels he's cursed because he basically wished for his mum to die because she beat him so much in public as well. Like his um this beautiful scene about halfway through where um he plays this um I should I know only one of the songs which is Chopin's number one in G minor which is the this the song at the very end of the show which is beautiful mm-hmm. it's beautiful the way they like it's played and it's got this violin that comes in halfway through and it's like oh my heartstrings in term in like a very rick and morty way not in kind of like the funny way but kind of like oh god punch right in the heart but he describes his life <laughs> rambling as always he describes his life as basically being this gray void and he basically meets a violinist uh, who is called Cowrie. I do know her name because she's got the most tragic story in the world, which gives away kind of like the ending. But everyone should watch this. I feel if you if you're not into like kind of anime, I feel it's one of those ones which you could probably kind of talk your parents into watching. Like it's not really like a very like fantastical. I mean, it does have the kind of like like you know the sweat bead tropes and all that mm-hmm. that you see in most anime. But just the use of music in it is gorgeous. The animation itself is very um. Not stylish, stylized, but it kind of fits the uh, the animation itself, and it's just really it's just a tragic story which I fell in love with. I was just going to say that summer. that sounds really interesting, but simultaneously, like I'm probably going to cry if I watch it. Oh, it, it, it's been although it's called Your Lie in April, it's been described as Your Cry in April. <laughs> Jeez, it, it is very like from saying this it's pretty obvious what happens at the end i won't spoil what happens at the end what really happens at the end or what like the the, the very the major character arcs between these two characters like the way it's just, the way i thought it was described was basically if you imagine it as two flames like at either end of a room his was very like like it was very it was going out and hers was like a really big bright flame they kind of like as it moves towards close to each other in the middle they're both exactly the same flame 
But then as they move apart from each other, his flame gets bigger, but hers starts to die down. I know that's probably a really bad analogy for that, but it's all I can think of. It sounds grim. <laughs> it's, I'm not doing this show justice. It's Go watch this show, that's all I can say. It's only okay. 22 episodes long. Oh, that that sold me a bit more, because, you know, it's not 500 episodes no, long. It's no, not, it's, not, it's no Bleach or Naruto or um, Pokemon. <laughs> everyone loves Pokemon, so everyone figures, oh, it's 10,000 episodes, fine. I can watch it in a day. I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. <sighs> I'm sorry. Oh, God, I can't breathe. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just listening to a man actually have an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> no, if you want to see me have an aneurysm, if you want to watch me play Super Meat Boy, I will die if I play that game again. I I cannot play that. I've watched Rich play it, and I know for a fact that that game would make me cross. <laughs> <laughs> and there was another one that was a really gorgeous looking one. Oh, why can't I remember what it was called? Everything was like in silhouettes and like grayscale. Oh, shit, it was beautiful. Was it 2D or was it like 3D? No, it was kind of 2D-y. Bollocks. Why can't I remember what this is called? Do you know, when this episode comes out, Rich will probably be shouting this into his iPhone like, you fucking numpty. I can't remember. But it was beautiful. But it looked like the kind of game I was going to get across that. Yeah. Anyway, now that sounds... I might check that out. Is that accessible via like... You can stream it, yeah. I mean, I watch it through a Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, it's one of those ones I'm sure you could, like, on a black market. No, I say black market. Do you want to buy your No Line, uh, no line April? I've got others as well. I like it, really. I don't do anything. I just sell anime on street corners to, to, to passers-by. <laughs> do you know, I used to work in a place where there was a guy who... Uh, there was, like, a pub around the corner that we'd sometimes go for lunch. And... Um, not not to like get pierced, like to actually eat food, and uh, and there was a guy who always used to come in and try to sell us DVDs just in little plastic sleeves for like a fiver, and I'm like, what are you doing with your life, mate? James making a fiver a film. That's what he was doing. Well, yeah, I suppose. I think um, we've all been there where we're just like, oh, I really want to watch this film. Okay. <laughs> I used to do it at boot sales. You used to go around boot sales, and there's just the one guy, one guy, very thick. I said, do you want to buy film? Which is probably like not racist. <laughs> Not racist. Let's, let's just let's just throw that out there. Not let's racist. move on. <laughs> I've got a couple of comics I wanted to talk about because I actually did read some comics this time. The first one is uh, it's a I think it's a one shot graphic novel. Pardon me. Um, it's called Virgil at Virgil. I don't I don't know how to pronounce things. It's by Steve Orlando, and the reason I picked it up is because he's the guy that writes Midnighter currently, and I'm kind of in love with that. So uh, I thought, well, I may as well get this then. And it's described on the back as a queer exploitation revenge tale. And that's pretty much exactly what it is. That's a mouthful. Um, it's it's kind of like imagine like a black exploitation type situation set in Kingston Town, but also the main guy is gay, and you've pretty much got it. It's awesome in a really i don't want to say grim uh it's 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 uncomfortable like um is it kind of like very like a frank miller style if you you know what i mean by frank miller style story or is it um Uh, sort of i mean it's um it's i mean it's not i the thing is you say grant morrison and to me that just means confusing and i don't get it um i got this so (laughs) (laughs) um no this this is like basically it's the story of a um a a policeman living in kingston town um who is gay and obviously has to hide this from basically everyone he knows i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure when it's set but it's obviously like not now so it could be any time, but from the, the 1970s back. Yeah, I feel like it's probably 70s-y, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Actually, 
did they use mobile phones in it? It might be more recent then. I feel, I feel like there was a flip phone, which makes me think it was probably 90s then. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's not really relevant. Um, <laughs> who fucking cares? The, the viewership cares. That's who cares. That's true. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, basically his squad find out that he is gay and they, they beat him up and they beat up a load of his friends who knew and they take his boyfriend and then it, it goes into Revenge City from there. And it's, I would say, mildly uncomfortable. But in 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 a way that's Morrison yeah, in it, but it's 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 uncomfortable in a way that's enjoyable, which sounds terrible. And I realise I'm not um I'm not really doing it justice. Like it feels like does the uh, obviously there's a lot of violence in it. Is it justified? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> some yes and no. No, yes, it is. No, it is. But it does make you feel like super uncomfortable. I think. The uh, the artwork by JD Faith and the colours by um, Chris Beckett, I think, are kind of what makes this because there's a lot of there's a lot of violence and it's depicted in such a way that it's very it's very real at the same time as looking very comicy. I am not selling this at all, am I? It's really fucking good though. Um, you describe it kind of like as like a kind of a beautiful violence. Yes, you know the artwork is 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 brilliant to look at. It kind of reminds me a bit of. Like a looser Duncan Fagrado, maybe. Like a, you know, there's quite a lot of heavy lines and dark, shadowy bits, and uh, but the but the colours really pop. It's an interesting combo. There's a lot of like really good landscape, sceney, you know, sunsetty situations. Um, it's really good. It's it's just like you know, if you like a good story of revenge, and I like the fact that the main bloke is gay, but he's not like. With early gay, it's yeah, like, I was gonna. He feels like a, a character rather than like a stereotype. Exactly, and he's very, um, you know, he's a cop and he's very good at his job and he's very physically fit. It kind of reminded me of Midnighter in that sense, in the sense that, like, you know, for some reason, a lot of pop culture seems to think that gay equals camp, and whilst that's true sometimes, it's also, you know, not true other times. You know, you can get gay people of all kinds of personality, um. So it's it's I like to see the less stereotypical. Uh, approach, if that makes sense. Um, I thought of the kind of ones that can like challenge like the conventions. Yeah, exactly. I just really enjoyed it, um, and I'm glad I picked it up. It was good, and it has a really lush cover. So there was that, and then I read issue one of Jughead. I think I talked about it on the episode with the hubby, so that was like two episodes ago, maybe, where um, he was mentioning that he'd just read issue one of Archie comics, and I was like, Archie, who gives a shit? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then and then he said, do you know it's drawn by Fiona Staples? And I was like, balls, where's, where is it? I'm going to read it. <laughs> I haven't got to reading that, unfortunately, but um, I did decide to check out Jughead, mostly because it was written by a guy who's got confusing surname that I'm just going to attempt anyway. Chips Darsky, don't know if that's how you say it. It sounds um, right. Um, who is the guy who does the art on Sex Criminals, which is... Uh, oh, that's a series I do need to get into. That's one of my favourite books at the moment. I-, I might talk about that in a minute. So he's writing it, and the art's by Erica Henderson, which is the bird that does the art for Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Oh, that's another... That's one about comics I need to read. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I like Squirrel Girl a lot. Um, one of the things I love about Erica Henderson's artwork is that they're not like standard body shapes, if that makes sense. Like Squirrel Girl's got a bit of junk in the trunk, and you know, some people are like 
super skinny and some people are like a little bit dumpier and some people are shorter and some people are taller and blah, blah, blah. um there's a nice diversity to the characters then. yeah yeah so i really liked that about um about this book i know nothing about archie comics or jughead but i can tell you from the first issue of this that i like this jughead a lot an awful lot chip zadarsky question mark um <laughs> is he's got a very natural sense of humor if that makes sense a lot of the problems I have with like spandexy comics at the moment is superheroes don't talk in the same way that human people do. I've noticed um, in the sense that they they rarely swear and they rarely make jokes and they they don't say things like gonna. They actually say going to, which I don't think I've heard an actual person say for years. <laughs> they're um, very much like meta humans, though, aren't they? Meta humans, yeah. obviously, because they are meta humans. But in terms of like they're almost otherworldly gods compared to mere mortals, which yeah. I think. Like that's the reason why writers kind of write them in a very kind of like stoic, like I am going to defeat Dao. It's uh, it's very. I've never heard anyone say Dao for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I don't like the way that a lot of comic characters talk because it just doesn't feel like natural human conversation. Whereas this felt very natural, and also I really like the fact that that Archie was in it, but it didn't feel like it was. Archie's comic, like it was very definitely Jughead's. The basic premise of it is that he gets well upset because uh, a new principal has come to their school. Is it Riverdale High that they go to? I think it is. See, um, the last time I read anything Archie was when it was a cartoon in like the mid-90s. <laughs> Although I did read the, the Archie vs. Predator comic, which came out recently. <laughs> At least the first issue of that. I quite liked that. Oh, dear. Um, that sounds very It was strange. awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> But this, uh, so there's a new principal at their high school and he's replaced all their lunchtimey food options with a high nutrient gruel <laughs> to Ooh. try and encourage, you know, better, healthier students and more productive students. Um, so Jughead decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands and uh, go to cookery class and learn how to cook amazing food <laughs> so that he doesn't have to live on gruel. It's really, really funny. It's very tongue in cheek and it's, um, it's just really natural, and that, I, I really like that in, in comics because uh, you don't see it very often. I don't know if I'm going to bother reading Archie because I already feel like I'm going to like Jughead more than him. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people feel like that. He's Jughead's the more likable character, mostly because his symbol goal in life is get a burger, yeah. which a lot of people can relate to. That's pretty much this issue. He's just all about burgers, and um, there's a very fun dream, well, sort of, passed out dream sequence that's very Game of Thronesy, but in terms of burgers, um it's <laughs> kind of brilliant. Um so yeah, I really enjoyed that. And uh, and then last night I read Sex Criminals issue thirteen, I think it was. Uh, and it was fantastic. I can't say enough good things about sex criminals because again it's got a very natural sense of of the way people speak and conversation and stuff. I like the fact that it doesn't shy away from just being incredibly weird. This issue was about a completely new character we've never seen before who is actually asexual, which is not something you would expect to see in the Sex Criminals comic. But it worked so well. It was, like, so good. And I just... I, I just... It's so good. You should all read it. Just read it. Unless you're a prude, in which case, do not read it. <laughs> you it's, will. It's a comic about people making crime by having sex and stopping time. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really bad analogy. But, but the thing is, they've like it's got to the point in the book now where they're finding p- other people with other sex-based superpowers. So like <laughs> there's one guy who when he when he orgasms, he sort of has an out-of-body experience, but he's 
out-of-body persona is like a very anime-esque girl with like a tentacle vagina. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This sounds right up my street. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're a prude, you should probably not. Uh, And definitely don't read it on the bus, guys, because I've done that before, because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, And people were like looking at me sideways like, what the fuck is she reading? It's good, though. It's good, though. I like Matt Fraction. He's a good one, eh? And that's Chip Starsky as well. He's a good one, eh? And I love the colours in that book, especially like, what do they call it now? The, when they actually like stop time, he calls it something like Cumsville or something disgusting. Um, but the colours during that, it's not Cumsville, but it's close. The colours like in those sequences are just kind of stunning to look at. So when you're like staring intently at vaginas on the bus, it's <laughs> it doesn't make you look very good, basically. So yeah, you know, privacy of your own home and that. And the the only other thing I wanted to talk about, I've only seen two episodes of this, but Nickelodeon have a new TV show called Pig Goat Banana Cricket. <laughs> oh, I've heard, I've heard about that. It is literally just heard about it. I haven't seen any of it. It's insane. It's uh, it's not. I love it, but it's not like I was hooked on Adventure Time and Rick and Morty like immediately. And uh, and whilst I like this a lot, I'm not there with it yet. But it's basically the story of like a pig, a goat, a banana and a cricket who live together. And the the episodes are set up in a really like snazzy way. I love the term snazzy, by the way, I'm trying to bring it back. Um, in that they all have sort of disparate stories. So there's like a pig section, then a goat section, then the banana section, then the cricket section. And then they usually all come together at the end in some sort of mad conclusion of bananasness. And then in the two episodes that we watched, like John DiMaggio played a giant ball that was like a a mascot for some pickles and he was in leathers and rode a bike and that was amazing. Um, and there was also a character called Sleazy Beef. So, you know, fuck it, it's amazing. <laughs> Sleazy Beef. Yeah, I kind of love it. But I, I need to watch more of it, I think, because, you know, two episodes isn't a lot of episodes. I think there's only... It's enough to get a taste, but it's whether or not it kind of pans out in the same way for the entire season. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing I wasn't... 100% sold on was Goat's voice and I can't remember who it is now but she's uh, she's the only lady what lives in the house and she's got a mildly weird voice and I can't decide whether it's weird good or weird bad yet it's not like I you know you said earlier that you really love Steven Universe and I, I kept do. and I kept my mouth shut because I can't watch it why not the, well it, Steven's voice is just it grates on me it's oh. like nails on a chalkboard to me I can't he's, he's gone his voice has changed actually recently I noticed it uh, before in, pre- in preparation for this I might have watched a few episodes again but um, I noticed it like uh, from basically the beginning to where we are now and kind of like the story because it's turned from something whimsical to something pretty deep there's a lot of like um, feels towards like same sex relationships even though the uh, the gems themselves are uh, asexual even though they are physically female Especially with um, like how how up up to speed are you with um how it was, or do you just not watch it at all? Oh no, I'm like I'm five episodes into the first series, maybe. That's if I... basically at the end of the um the first season, you kind of find out that um Garnet, the um the kind of like the stoic one, is basically a fusion herself rather than um single entity, and it's kind of like alluded to that basically the two gems that form her are in love. And because everyone's female, it's obviously implied that they're lesbians. If you're an idiot, obviously, like a lot of like bigoted people go like, "Oh, we can't have that in the kitchen." But it's it's done so beautifully. It's very hard for me to describe the show because it's just a very beautiful show. Stephen's voice is annoying to begin, with, but it's kind of like no, I'll, I'll even admit that. But it's kind of like grown on you. It grows on you, and then I do think the voice actor maybe hit puberty because his voice is maybe a little deeper now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still quite clearly his voice, but 
I think that's because, um, excuse me, he um, they're just using the same voice actor. So what you're saying is stick with it, Stace. <laughs> it, pretty much, yeah. I think I was telling you this like maybe in June this year, like, oh, Steven Universe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when I started watching it and I was like, oh, I don't know. Which is why you probably didn't see me raving about it on the internet or anything. <laughs> That's fine. It's, it's one of those shows I feel that, like it's very like, especially for people who've come from like Adventure Time and regular show like those, which uh, Rebecca Sugar was a, a writer for for Adventure Time before yeah. she uh, got given her first show. She's the only uh, woman to have get her own show created on Cartoon Network. Oh, that's my only fact I know about Rebecca Sugar, other than I love her. <laughs> Um, no, I do, I do want to get more into it because I do love the look of the show. The art style is just gorgeous. Like yeah. The, the, like the panoramics of like when, like the, just the backgrounds is just like the use of colour is just so vivid, especially when they go to the fantastical, the fantastical locations like a, because it's quite clearly it's on like a post-apocalyptic, I say post-apocalyptic, like something very bad has happened to this planet and it's, mm-hmm. it's implied it's Earth, but it could be like, you know, just like random planet that humans are on number 75, but it, it feels like it's Earth. It's just like, I don't, it's, I'm just stammering because I can't really talk about it because <laughs> I feel it's like one of those, like, when you love something too much, you can't talk about it. It's probably the reason why I struggle to talk about a lot of things whenever I talk about it. Yeah, I get overexcited and babbly. <laughs> That's um, exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no, I will I will go back to it. It's just that at the moment there's like a bajillion things on my to-watch list. A bloke at work the other day gave me a post-it note just covered in things that he thinks I should watch and he was like that's your homework and he keeps, <laughs> keeps checking up on me to see if I've done any of it yet and I was like no I haven't Omar calm yourself uh, do you have the post-it note to hand I don't um, but I know it's got um, he's absolutely almost offended that I haven't seen uh, the Avatar series um, um, mm, ooh <laughs> I no, well I've heard Avatar's good but I've heard that you should watch Legend of Korra over it because Legend of Korra is a better show. Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's just what I've heard. I've, I have Jamie, the sleepy one. He used to watch Avatar when it was on when we were kids. Because it's quite a long-running show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's the one thing putting me off starting to watch it. Because he's like, oh, it's on Netflix now. And I was like, yeah, but there's so much of it. <laughs> there are better things to watch. Uh, um, and then he also gave me a list of the DC cartoony movies that I haven't watched yet. That he thinks neither, I should you watch. Take, you can take those. They're kind of like... Mm. Some are good, some are bad. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. Like, I will probably watch most of them eventually. But yeah, like you say, there are other things to plonk my eyes on currently. Uh, speaking of plonking your eyes on things, do you watch Doctor Who? Maybe if we go back to 2005 when it was rebooted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mean, controversial and say I actually liked Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, and I was annoyed that he didn't get another season, even though I know it was him who left. Yeah. Rather than him getting booted off. I am. Um, I liked him, but. I didn't, you know, the like weird whimsical stuff that he does sometimes. I can't buy that from him because it seems psychotic. Like, you know, like the the episode where he's just like got a banana for some reason. I forget. It's a long time since I've seen him, but like, like, yeah, it's a gun or something. Yeah, it's, it's weird, weird things, stuff like that. Like if David Tennant does it, it's kind of adorable. And if Matt Smith did it, it'd be like, I'm so weird. But when he did it, it was like, oh, he might murder me in my sleep. Uh, where? That's just that's just the quality of Christopher. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's that kind of like, oh, you're a good actor, but to, I think come it, to the kitchen. I think it might be because the only other thing I've ever seen him in is Shallow Grave. <laughs> and then, yeah, actually thinking about it, he doesn't make. Oh, you you put me off him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's um, fine. Well, David sounds good, but um, I well, see, I'm all about Matt Smith. Me, I loved him, and I I don't I. Yeah, I mean, 
so you're not a fan of Capaldi? It's not that I'm not a fan. I like him as an actor. I don't know if I like him as the Doctor, and I hate Clara. I wish she was dead already. Just fuck off out of my life. Um, <clears throat> the, the thing is, right, right, I've said this many a time before, the writers do not know what to do with Clara since the Impossible Girl business wrapped up. Because now she's just a school teacher who constantly abandons her actual job to run off and do things with a man that she doesn't actually seem to like that much. Like, I don't buy their relationship at all. They constantly, like, bicker and say really mean things. Like, made, um, not natural, then, would you say? Yeah. And the, the first episode, was it the first episode? Yeah, it was. The first episode of the new series, um, like, it opened with her teaching a class and they look out the window and, uh-oh, the uh, aeroplanes are frozen in the sky. And so she's like, ha-ha, see you, I'm off to unit, by class. Just, like, trots off to unit and starts bossing around in there like, she owns the fucking place, coming up with all this business and, like, helping them out. I'm like, I just, I hate it when the companions get almost as smart as the Doctor, when there's no real reason for it. I, I can't remember if I dreamt or read this, but was there some business about her becoming the Doctor or something like that? Or was um, that something I made up? No, I think people were asking for it because they think she's cool and got sass. But she's actually leaving at the end of this series now to go and play a queen in a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Queen in a thing. <laughs> She's it's come it's, fall twenty sixteen. Yeah, the end. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's all the information I've got. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, she's 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 she just like sort of marches into unit and she just do, does the job of everyone at unit in the space of about two minutes. And I'm like, well, that's that makes no fucking sense. And like, if you were that bothered about doing that kind of work, you would quit being a school teacher and just join unit, surely. But anyway, she makes me cross, is what I'm saying. Um, and also there's there's a weird habit so far in this season of having, like, quirky stuff for no real reason. Like, there's a bit in, I want to say, episode two, where the Doctor appears riding a tank, playing an electric guitar. And, um, and it lasts, like, an overly long time. And it felt to me like that was very much, like, fan service-y, like, core, cool, look at the Doctor, like, you know strumming away way and i was just like i don't care can we have a plot please <laughs> um so yeah i've not been overly enamored with this series at all but it's like it's one of those things where i've been with it so long now and i know that because it's all like it's often different writers and then eventually it'll be a different doctor or a different companion or both like i don't feel like i can let it go because it's gonna be different soon and i might like it more but I'm really... Unless Peter Capaldi kills it. Well, yeah, it's just I'm really not enjoying this season so far. I know a lot of people are, but I'm just not... I've not seen one episode that I've been like, yeah, fucking Doctor Who. Whereas, like, the first episode Matt Smith was in, I was like, shit, dog, fucking hell, this episode's tits. And Is that did the a happy one with dance. The, uh, the invisible water monster? <laughs> yeah, in the... Uh, in the uh, house. yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And uh, the only thing I didn't like about that was the fact that Amy was a fucking kissogram, because what the fuck? That's not a job. And also, it was a cheap excuse to get her in a police outfit. But anyway, feminist rant over. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Get off my soapbox. Um, Yeah, not sold. Not sold on this season. And I'm sorry, I I don't care how many people try and convince me that it's funny or cool. Sonic's fucking sunglasses. No. I'm not having any. You don't have the screwdriver anymore. No, he's got sonic sunglasses. Oh, and, um, flip table. <laughs> the, the problem for me with this, right, and I know I shouldn't be trying to be logical because it's Doctor fucking Who and mm. it's a program about a man who travels through space and time in a fucking box. 
but glasses, right, they can fall off your face and do like, or you can push them up the bridge of your nose. It doesn't seem to have any discernible buttons. It seems to be activated by simply pressing random bits or touching random bits, which your hair could flap onto the glasses and like blow something up. Or like, as I said, they could fall off your face and break or, you know, you could push them up your nose and fucking blow your own face off. Like, I just can't... I don't think the Sonic Screwdriver has that ability, but... <laughs> I just can't accept... I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, also, Daleks need to man the fuck up and just shoot things when they see them and stop taking fucking prisoners because you know that's how you get got. Fucking knobs. Anyway. Davros in it. Yeah, he was. The, th- the thing that made me cross about the Davros episode was because there was like a lot of talking that probably would have been a lot more meaningful to me if I was more into Classic Who and knew more about Davros and the Doctor and the Daleks. But there was a lot of like taking Missy and Clara hostage and stuff. And I was like, no, just fucking shoot them. You know, they just cause nothing but shitting trouble. And most of you end up dead when they're around. Just straight fucking murder them please uh, but but you know Daleks don't do that kind of thing and they there's just... no reason why you'll never be Doctor Who right because so you'd kill the uh, companions off straight away I was going to say my Dalek episodes would be really fucking short because it'd be like Doctor turns up Dalek rolls in pew pew the end <laughs> <laughs> the next week on Doctor Who just Doctor, the, the rest of the season just him lying in there yeah just like writhing <laughs> about crying um, mm. yeah I don't know I am um, I I'm going to stick with it until Clara's gone and see what the, you know, the new whoever it's going to be is, yeah. But I think I think the problem is as well is that lately it feels like Doctor Who's gone quite far up its own arse. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with I remember it being a lot more fun in the earlier series. And there's still, like, funny bits. And it's not, like, terrible. It's not like Love and Monsters, like, fucking having sex with a paving stone with a face terrible. Oh, God, yeah, that was, um... I... That was, that was, an, that was an episode. I can't... I just can't fathom uh, what anyone was thinking there. So it's not, like... It's not, like, the worst, but I'm just not... I'm just not into it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm, to be honest, I haven't watched any of this season, so I have no opinion on it. The last time I watched Doctor Who was, um... When it was actually on TV was, um... I think it was a David Tennant episode, the one where they're in the uh, on the road from a planet, and then it kind of crashes, and there's an alien that gets in. Again, it's a it's a bottle episode. Um, yeah, I have a vague recollection. I haven't watched older ones for ages. It's, it had um, oh, what's her name? The comedian. I forget her name. No, seriously. Oh, who is she? Um, describe her. What she looked like? Appetite. She was one right, or is that someone I just made up? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are right. I was in the oh. middle of suppressing a burp slash cough situation. Sorry. <laughs> it was one of the episodes. It was one of her episodes when she was a the companion. Yeah, I loved her. Everyone says that. I was just never sold on Captain Tame. See, I the, my biggest problem with a lot of the companions is I feel like a lot of them have outstayed their welcome. Like I really liked Amy to begin with, and I liked the idea of Clara to begin with, but I feel like once a doc, once once a companion gets to the point where they're like Doctor Light, where they're like, you know, they know everything as well and they're all smug and, you know, striding about the place like they fucking own everything. That makes me cross and I feel like, no, I want you gone. So as much as I did love Catherine Tate, I wonder whether her only having one series and a Christmas special was probably okay. That's probably really good considering how they, well, they basically wrote it so that she couldn't come back. Yeah. 
It made it me made... a bit sad though, because she was she was great. I just like it when the doctor has a companion that it doesn't seem like he wants to fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're okay with Capaldi and uh, and what's the chops? <laughs> I can't. I've got what's a really chops? I've got a really bad memory for names. I want to say Coleman. Is that her actual name? Probably. Yeah. Let's go, let's go with it, Coleman. That'll do. Uh, I, f- I feel like we're okay there because it seems like neither of them even want to look at each other. <laughs> do you know, this is why in the first episode of this series, there's a bit where Missy shows Clara this like disc thing and she's like, hey, what's that? And, she, and Missy says, oh, it's like the doctor's will kind of thing. On the, the day before the person's death, it gets sent to their best friend for like, you know, stuff and reasons and so clara goes to pick it up and it shocks her and she's like ah what the fuck and missy's like well what made you think you were his best friend he sent it to me and knob and i was like (laughs) yeah what did make you think you were his best friend you've done nothing but like lie to him and get cross with him and at some points try to trick him into helping you out like you're a dick and uh, yeah just i'm I'm getting myself all overexcited and stressed (laughs) no love lost there no not 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 particularly no but yeah, I, I'm. I just. I really want to like it. I think that's the thing that annoys me because, like, I've recently given up on The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched any of The Walking Dead since the first season. Well, <laughs> sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Channeling my inner Rick. I yeah. I watched the first episode of series six. Is it that just started? And uh, yeah, and I just I couldn't like. No, I'm sick of it. It doesn't. It, it it reminds me of the comic in the sense that it doesn't know, it doesn't understand pacing at all. <laughs> There's like two absolutely amazing, immense episodes per series and then a load of shit in between. Um, and this one started off with the stupid, I'm going to spoil it now because I need to explain to you how stupid this plot is. So Rick, at the end of last series, they found Alexandria and they sort of took over the place because like Rick's like, I know best, I've survived and shut your mouth. So Rick's exploring places and he comes across this quarry not far from Alexandria and it is like just full of um, zombies. I don't know how they got there. I assume they must have fell in and couldn't get out. <laughs> so um, zombies then, Yeah, much. yeah. And um, they're stuck in this quarry because the one path that leads out of it has got like a, a massive truck parked there and they can't get past it. But the truck is like right on the ledge of, like, of a... A rapidly eroding ledge of quarry. So Rick goes back to Alexandria and he's like, Oi, guys, quarry full of zombs, yeah. Uh, we've got to sort out a plan because that truck could fall at any minute, you know, like the next heavy rain could knock it down and stuff, and then we'd be up shit street because it's like pointing right at us. So they come up with this plan. Now, in my head, there are many things you could try to do whilst they're still trapped in the quarry that would involve a lot less stupidity, such as throw a lot of things that are on fire at them and wait for them to all just bump into each other and burn to such an extent that even if their brains don't get mushed they won't be able to move like regardless of whatever or like you could maybe try and i don't know blow up the side of the quarry so a bunch of rocks fall on them and they and they do a dead yeah exactly all sorts of things park more cars and trucks and things around it like (laughs) i don't care so many plans their plan is why don't we set them free right Fucking check this one out. Why don't we set them free? Why don't we make a path ourselves that leads away from Alexandria and we'll lead them into a trap, essentially? Now, I I must have not been paying attention because I can't remember what the trap was, um, but it was essentially just lead them away from Alexandria. So they start working on this plan and they start trying to build like little walls and stuff so that the zombies can't get off the path. But 
before they're actually ready to execute this plan, lo and behold, this truck falls down and they all start coming out. They are back in a truck. And Rick's like, shit, 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 shit. We're just going to have to do it now and hope for the best. So they're all like trying to keep the zombies on this one path by like having a car drive down there and make noises so they follow it and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But like they keep wandering off because of, you know, zombies. Uh, they hear a noise in the forest and they're like, huh? brains? And just wander off. Uh, and so there's a couple of times where people have to get out of the car and like s- sort of kill those ones and then draw everybody else back to the car. Um, but then a horn, like a car horn, starts going off in the direction of Alexandria and all the zombies are just like, no, border this car now. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and just better. they all just start wandering to Alexandria. And I couldn't get over how stupid the idea was of herding like hundreds of zombies at once. Even if they'd completed their paths and their walls and all that palaver, it seems like such a risky business plan. Like, it's so fucking dumb. Is and it I just, risky business or Rixy business? Could be Rixy business. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous. Um, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the other day, somebody told me they were mortified at something I said, and I couldn't stop laughing. Um, <laughs> obsessed much. So, yeah, I I just couldn't get over how stupid this plan was. I was like, no, I can't accept this TV show anymore. You're trying to make me feel like you're super clever and you're all about survival and all this fucking palaver. And what you're actually about is a bunch of knobbers who are just lucky they haven't died yet. Um, So I've I've given up on that. But I don't mind that I've given up on that because I haven't been... I've been obsessed with Doctor Who in the past, like really wanting to travel to Cardiff to try and be in the background of episodes, kind of obsessed. <laughs> just like every weekend, just be in a cafe. Like, I wonder if they're filming here. <laughs> no. Oh. So it saddens me actually with Doctor Who that I'm even thinking about not watching episodes. But it took me like a week to get round to watching the first one because I was just like, eh. <laughs> I didn't even realise it was back until someone said it was back. I was like, well. That's fine. Well, it came back on my birthday, so I couldn't watch it on the day it happened because I was busy getting pissed at a party dressed as April O'Neil. <laughs> what, a, what a party. It was a pretty good party. But, that was my invite. Um, in the post. <laughs> 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 that was the least committal sound that's ever come out of my mouth. Um, uh, yeah, so I didn't watch it for like a week because like the following day I was hungover and I was just like, <laughs> I can't handle life. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a bit sad because I, d- I do really love Doctor Who and I want to love it again. Whereas like with Walking Dead, I'll fuck it off and I don't care because I don't, I don't really like the comic anymore either. I'm just stuck in it now because I'm like, I'm at issue 140 something. I can't quit now. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how to feel about Doctor Who. It's making me sad. In Maybe the, it'll get better towards the end of the season. Maybe. I just feel like the the biggest problem for me is that Clara's had some really good deaths <laughs> or some really good, like, potential show exitors. Like, she's had about three of them so far. And I feel like she just needs to go. But I'm not sure how they're going to get her to go that it's actually going to mean something anymore. Because <laughs> she's just done it so often already. Um, it could be one of those things, like, he gets into the situation where it's just, like, such a quick, like, you know, finger snap death and there's nothing he could do to like prevent it yeah that would be kind of the optimum for me because i don't want there to be an option for her to come back that sounds really me <laughs> to be honest the best show exit for any of the doctor's uh companions other than maybe Catherine tate's like one was maybe uh billy piper's i liked her as a companion see i can't stand her because i think she's a terrible actress well she's um, a terrible actress but she like what she meant essentially to the doctor was quite nice i think their relationship was really well done and kind Even of natural the non-acting even with the non-acting it felt like you could tell they were probably friends 
Like it seemed very, they were very sweet to one another, and I liked that. Um, and it did sit like that bit where they're both leaning against the opposite sides of the wall. Oh, my heartstrings. Oh. Here's a thing, right, that a friend said to me. I'm going back to Rick and Morty because I just remembered it. Um, here's a thing that a fr- it was Lee again. I don't know why Lee keeps trying to break my heart, but I was like talking about, you know, how the fuck are they going to get Rick out of maximum security Galactic Federation prison? And also, Earth is now like part of the Galactic Federation, so aliens are actually like visiting there and it's an entirely different Earth. I was like, how are they going to get out of this? Oh my God, what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And Lee just went, wouldn't it be weird if series like three was just a different Rick and Morty? In a different dimension i was gonna say that i was like you fuck why would you even suggest it <laughs> why would you even suggest it actually i've got a theory oh go on what, what if it is turns it out is it what bunnies <laughs> i've got a theory it could be bernie's <laughs> i'm sorry i would sing the rest i would sing the rest of that song however my heart isn't in it at the moment oh my theory my miniature theory at the moment is what if it turns out that the evil morty from season one is this morty oof Hmm. There's a lot of. I see. This could get bamboozling. I. There's a lot of fan theories and things online. I um, take it you're familiar with the one, the theory that um, the <laughs> is um, this Rick's uh, original Morty. The the one that I saw that made me really sad was that you know the end of episode three with the suicide attempt. Yep. That that little thing that he kills beforehand to test the machine wasn't actually him testing the machine. That was actually his original Morty that had been mutated and he was trying to find a cure for it. And because he thought he was going to kill himself, he euthanized it. Oh. And I was just like, no, that can't See, be. See, now I have, to go, I have to go back and watch the episode to see if it has a kind of familiarity with Morty. I mean, it's a blob. The thing is, people were saying it's the affection that he shows for it because Rick only ever really does anything nice around Morty. He like only ever shows any sort of affection for anyone uh, around Morty. And he like strokes this little thing and like holds it close to him before he like fries its face off. Um and it's really depressing. And I I that can't that can't be a thing. It can't. It's such an affecting <laughs> episode as well. I won't cope if that's a thing. <laughs> No. Yeah, the idea of the the many different Ricks and Mortys bamboozles me. No, it doesn't bamboozle me in the sense of like I understand it completely, but it will bamboozle me if other Ricks and Mortys become involved in things, um, or it turns out that the Rick that we've currently got isn't the current Morty's actual Rick and whatnot. I'm going to a comic convention next month and I'm going to dress as Morty, and I'm stealing an eye patch from my sister because she had eye surgery last year, so that for part of the day I can be evil Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's oh, see, be... now I just want to go and dress up as Rick. Even though I wouldn't, I'd be a terrible Rick. <laughs> oh, my friend James is going to. It was it's his fault actually because he sent me a picture of his. Uh, he'd made a portal gun, and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to do some cosplay," and I was like, "Shit, I guess I'll be Morty then." God, <laughs> <laughs> you twisted my arm there. Fucking hell, James! You're already getting oh. a bloody costume on. Yeah. Well, it's such an easy costume, though, because I was thinking if it was something like expensive and difficult, I would not do it. But I was like, a um, pair of jeans and a yellow T-shirt. <laughs> I think I can manage. So, yeah, that's um, that's happening. That's the thing that's going to happen in my life. I should probably shut up now. It's been nearly two hours. Oh, Christ, it has. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to waffle. Hey, did you want to talk about anything else before we go? Because um, I've been rambling for like quite a long time now. <laughs> I, the only other things I can really think about is another recommendation for another show, which I think people should watch because it's quite a good subversive. Because we were talking about zombies, mm-hmm. like I know you're, you, with like if The Walking Dead's not like taking your fancy, why don't you watch this called School Live, which is the most subversive zombie. I say subversive, it's not. I don't even know the real word of subversive. I'm rubbish. 
<laughs> it's basically again, it's an anime because hey ho, I'm I'm only games and anime at the moment and video games and board games. <gasps> board games are awesome. Speaking of, no, go on, finish your thing first. <laughs> I'll just get it really quick. There's um this anime I was watching uh, recently called School Live, which um at the beginning it seems like a like a nice slice of life uh, anime. It's about four girls who go to school and are part of the school live club. And it's basically from the um, point of view of uh, one of them. I, I'm going to call her Yuki because I think that was her middle name. And it's the only name I can remember from the show. But it turns out that they're actually the only survivors of a, uh, a zombie like apocalypse. And they're living in a school to survive. And basically, this Yuki character has just gone mad. And she just sees her um, her dead classmates around her. And she's still as if she's living a real, her normal life. Oof. Whereas all the other ones have kind of like realized, like, shit, we're all going to die. Like... Just the entire first episode is just so like like that you see like glimpses in the background like uh, there's one part there's um like a gardening club on the thing and there's a gravestone there which you can just see in the background and like I'm like I wonder why that's there maybe it's a pet or something that's died but as it goes on you learn that that's one of their friends they've buried previously and it's like oh god oh no <laughs> but like for the entire first episode you just you just you don't see any of it it's just like at the end of the episode like one of the other characters goes into the room where this the main character is talking to basically an empty room and she just sees her friends there. And then basically it kind of like dissolves and you realize basically there's blood splattered up the walls, like all the, the desks and stuff like strewn around the room. Uh, the, the person she was talking to, or she thought she was talking to would basically wore like a choker. I don't know if that's actually, you know, like a fashion choker yeah. around the neck. That was basically on the floor, like bloodied on the floor. So it's quite clear she's dead. And it's like, Christ. And then like the episodes after that are very formulaic. It's like kind of like trying to get to give her the main character a normal life, whereas they have to kind of deal with the reality of their situation like they have to go find food and try and survive that- and i'm only three episodes in but it's like really like christ this is like proper like for something like it it's a sort of like never judge a book by its cover scenario like this looks like this but it was actually this and it's do like you, christ. um do you watch anything cheerful <laughs> monster masumi is probably the most cheerful thing i watch but um now i watch a lot of cheerful things have you ever watched the vision of escaflona I love the vision. Oh my god, isn't it just the fucking best? Oh, like, oh, you might have to get me back on this to just talk about fucking oh, visions of that. Okay. The oh, the ending of that is so sad. That's, an, that's another one for the heartstrings, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, when I was watching it, because sadly enough, I started. Um, I realised I was trying to wrap this up, and now I've just started again. But fuck it. Um, okay. <laughs> I started watching it when it was on Fox Kids in the UK, so it's like early 2000s i think so i think it came out in like 96 or something but i was watching it well later and i didn't realize it time of a tsunami because tsunami is when i kind of first got into anime with um outlaw star which again is a series everyone should watch Mm -hmm. if anything i'm just the recommendation man you should watch (laughs) this 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 and this (laughs) but um escaflona i didn't realize until i bought the dvds was like really heavily edited um (laughs) and uh very um subversive again that word i don't even know the real meaning of that word (laughs) Oh, I, uh, oh god I fell in love with it almost immediately it's so fucking great everything about it is just so weird and wonderful and I had such a crush on Lord Vaughn for like a really long time it's a weird story though like the bad guy is someone who I won't spoil anything but you know he's he's the bad guy is actually a thing and then yep. that thing is that character's thing and it's like Christ and then there's also <laughs> that made it sound like that thing is the character's penis <laughs> <laughs> to be honest and then, and then there's a guy a bad guy who's from the dimension like from earth basically isn't he yes sorry to spoil that 
I won't spoil the kind of the thing that really made me go, oh god, yeah, the really affecting thing. But I'll spoil like, oh, the bad guy's from Earth. Turns out he's he's a, he's an Earthman. Earthman, yeah, it's so yeah. We could, we probably could talk about this for a billion years. So I'll, I'll probably just just not. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably just stop. Uh, what I will say that I was going to say earlier, and this is only very brief, is that I got bought a lot of card games and board games for my birthday, uh, and I had my first experience of Flux. The other day, and it's pretty Flux, good. Flux is the best damn game. I really like it. Hour long game you'll ever play. I am. Um, we've got regular show Flux, which is great. And uh, I mean, I think the thing is, only I've only played it a couple of times with just Rich because we wanted to like sort of learn the ropes and figure out if it was going to bamboozle the fuck out of me. Because I'm, it's not that I'm stupid. It's that my memory is bad, so I forget rules and I forget what cards do and I forget, I forget what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. And basically, I'm stupid. Um. Oh. <laughs> so I thought I was going to struggle with it. So our games didn't last very long because there was just the two of us. So I need to get some like buddies over. Um, but I've also got that I haven't tried yet. Adventure Time Munchkin. <gasps> and I've got uh, Card Wars, the Finn and Jake set. And I've, oh. got, and I've got Legend of Zelda Monopoly. So I might oh. need to have a board game night, I think. Card game night. If you do a special podcast, board game one, I will, I will get... The, well, I'll get Rob and maybe Chris because they're like Jamie and Chris are very hard to like. I say hide down. Jamie probably would come, but he, you'd literally be like, "Hi guys, I'm," um, and he's dead. <laughs> he would just he would literally fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Sleepy Gary. To, he asleep. We go. He ah. Oh, buy him a nightcap. Watch. Oh my god, buy him a nightcap. <laughs> no, because then because then he'll be that guy from that episode, and I'll have to kill him. Mm. Kill Sleepy Gary. I can't kill him myself. <laughs> I was going to say you'd either have to kill him or possibly fuck him, depending on... I would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. He probably won't listen to this, so he'll never know the secret murder plot that's going on behind. Oh, <laughs> Let's change scene. <laughs> anyway, hey. It's, hey it's, it's two hours in, so let's... Let's wrap this shit up. Hey, how can people find you about the place on... I know we talked about it earlier because I was terrible at orders, uh, but let's do it again. Here's a recap. I like, to be honest, what I'll do is this time I'll actually open my phone and find out the actual Twitter thing. For them. <laughs> because otherwise it'd be like, yep, it's definitely this. Do-do-do-do. So uh, you can find me personally at... Sorry, my Twitter handle is at OGFilms. Oliver G. Thomas is the name, and you can follow the actual show that we do, The Trash Compactor, which is at Trash Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes if you search The Trash Compactor Podcast, and we're also on SoundCloud as well, which I think SoundCloud just Trash Compactor Podcast. I think we've got seven episodes up now, and we should, if everyone's around at the weekend, be maybe recording another one soon. Huzzah! Because we were supposed to do a Metal Gear Solid special when Metal Gear Solid came out, which is a month ago now. <laughs> you guys are as good at me as me at like, you know, being on time for shit. No, no, you're a lot better than us. We're like, who's ready to do this? We're ready. And no, we're not. <laughs> well, if you guys want to find me on Tinternet, you can follow uh, at Stacey's Parlor or at Stace Bob T on the Twitters. I would recommend following Stacey's Parlor mostly because it doesn't have a lot of my rants about public transport or my own fringe or 
um, pictures of my dinner, which is what you'll get a lot on the Stace Bob Tea feed. Um, or you can email me at stacysparlor at gmail.com uh, or join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor Facebook group or go and buy a T-shirt or something from spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk and um, leave some reviews for me about the place because I don't normally care about these things, but people recently informed me that if people like leave reviews and stuff on iTunes and other podcatchers, it makes your podcast more noticeable to other people and that would be quite nice. And currently I have zero reviews, so <laughs> go and be the first reviewer and write in there about how pretty I am. <laughs> I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, hey, thank you for joining me on the show. No worries, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been lovely talking to you. I, I realise I've been talking sort of at you. Uh, That's fine. This is like normal podcast things for me. I'll say a few interesting <laughs> things and go like, right, better shut up. <laughs> the important people are talking. Well, see, I don't consider myself to be important so much as full of waffle. Waffles and are good. Waffles are good. The waffles are life. I'm going to Belgium next oh. month. No, in the, the start of December, and I'm going to come back at least a stone heavier because of waffles and, and chocolates. Belgian potato waffles. Mm, waffly versatile. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real laugh. No worries. Thank I've you had a me. good time, and uh, I will see you, lovely listeners, next month. Oh, do you know what I forgot? Because it's Halloween. I saw a movie, a scary movie, the other day, and it was shit. Don't watch it. It's called The Taking of Deborah Logan, and it's not worth your time. The end. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>